Welcome to the Impact this week on TSN 690. I'm Joey Alfieri. Look who's back in studio. The original, the great number nine, Grant Needham. We've got a busy show lined up for you. We'll go back and take a look at the Impact's 2-2 draw with uh, Colorado last Saturday. We'll also preview Saturday's game at Columbus with Neil Sika. He's the play-by-play voice for the Cruise TV broadcasts. At 7.35, the voice of the Montreal Impact here on TSN 690, Rick Moffitt joins us. And you can have your say as well. You can chime in a number of different ways. Uh, at Joey Alfieri, at Grant Needham, at Impact This Week on Twitter. You can call us 514-790-1690 or you can text us at 11690. Mr. Grant Needham, what is going on, my friend? Not much, guys. Not much. It was uh, good to be back after missing last week. Sorry about that. Yeah, none Duty of us, calls, none duty of us calls Marco, sometimes. Did you mind? I didn't mind that he wasn't here. <laughs> Marco was texting me saying, where are you? We need you. Not. We need you. Marco was watching the Penguins game last week. We're good? We're good. Are, is, are we on the air, Marco? Is this the show started? Okay, nice. we're good. Nice. This is the impact this week on TSN 690. As you can probably tell, I'm over my cold. I was back on the sideline on Saturday. And um, Grant, I thought the impact came out. And I don't think Colorado got much of a sniff of the ball on Saturday. First 15, 20 minutes. A little, dis- a little disappointed by uh, what happened in the second half. There was just, I mean, listen, the goals were were phenomenal, were world class that the, the impact scored. But I don't know, man. There's just there's something. I don't know if it's the injuries catching up to them all of a sudden. A lot of injuries in a short amount of time, but something's off, man. And this thing with the set pieces, defending set pieces. If Drogba doesn't get ahead on it, it just seems like it ends up in the back of the net. I think you're being too kind to the impact. Oh, I know. Yeah. You score two goals against a team at, that's home. Co- at home, a team that's on the road, a team that doesn't create a lot of opportunities through the through the you know, flow of play, and you give up two goals with a two. You had the lead twice, and you give up both. I think it's unacceptable. Full crowd, your big man scores. You know, Max Tiso scores a goal of his career, and you end up tying a team. Joey, it's unacceptable the set pieces. I do not understand. That's five goals they've given up on set pieces. And if that game moved on, they were giving up another set piece goal. They were susceptible. They were fragile. It's And you know, Joey, we talk about it off the air. I'm an X's and O's type of guy. And I love the tactics of the game. But at the end of the day, it's not about tactics. It's about desire and commitment to get to the ball first. And the Montreal Impact on set pieces are not doing that. They're second, one, they are second best on every single ball. They don't get to the first one. They don't get to the second one. And all of a sudden, it's just unacceptable that yeah. you've given up five goals on set pieces in eight game, uh, I mean, nine games. Grant, I mean, that second ball on the second Colorado goal, I'm sorry, but it's, 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 it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to see that you let not first of all you let one lead slip away at home after your big man who's battling bronchitis decides to gut it out by playing three times 90 minutes in a week in eight days he played three times 90 minutes he had a hard time breathing he still gave you the lead okay and then you go out you give up the time well fine okay it's all good it happens you know Sima tried to cut off the ball he missed uh, Lefebvre's guy uh, was Gashi beat him to the net that's fine it's all good Oh, you're talking about the first goal. The first, one? Goal. The first one, good. you know, the ball gets played out wide. I thought it was mistimed by by Simon uh, coming across. In. I thought Tiso was unexpectedly. He didn't think the ball was coming in, exactly. which is unacceptable as a defender. You've got to be goal side right. all the time. Gucci scores a goal, and this is a guy that led the Swiss Swiss lead, got yeah. the golden boot. 
I thought he was very average, except for the fact that he could deliver a brilliant ball in on set pieces, and he obviously yeah, got he his one opportunity. I wasn't overly impressed. No, one opportunity, it's in the back of the net. This is what these guys do. That but, haircut was pretty average. But you know actually. what, Joey? I just don't but Grant, understand. Those goals, but Grant, those first, that's my point. The first goals there, that those goals happen. Like, you know, you break down, you make mistakes, they happen. It's fine. You can let it go once a game, it's all good. Okay, I, I understand you never want to concede. I, I get it. But those breakdowns, when you've got two or, you know, you've got an inexperienced guy like Tiso playing at the back, Lefebvre hasn't played a ton of minutes all year. You know, Simon's your stud, your general. He's going to make a mistake every once in a while. It's going to happen. I have no issue with that. But now we're talking about nine games into the season, and we're talking about set pieces every second week. Well, Joey, think about the set pieces that have gone wrong. You had the last one. Montreal, that's three points you've left on the table. Seattle. Two, two, two you, lost, you lost two points. You lost there. two points. Seattle. You lost one. You lost a point there. Right. You're talking about three points. Maybe I'm I, I just trying to think of the early goals that we well, gave up. FC Dallas. FC, FC Dallas was, was, was a set, set piece, piece, but it's it a direct shot, direct. so it's a little bit different. Right. And then you gave up another set piece goal in Vancouver, the yes. first game of the year, because you couldn't co- defend you, again, exactly. but you still couldn't defend on set pieces yeah. coming in. And I don't mean set pieces, direct shots on net. It's something that's when it's whipped into the box, into the danger area, that's the set pieces that you have got to go get. And, you know, listen to Coach Biel. I. He doesn't care who's bigger, who's smaller, who's tougher. When it comes to set pieces, it's all about getting to the ball and attacking. It's been the Achilles heel of uh, this team in the past. And, of course, every team in this league has something that they're not the best at. And, obviously, that's something that we have to correct and work out. I believe, at first and foremost, it's attitude. It's the mentality that you go in, especially if you look at last game when you're up 2-1. It's a tight game. You don't want to give anything up. That's uh, Montreal Impact Captain Patrice Bernier talking to me after training yesterday. You're listening to The Impact this week on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri and Grant Needham with you live from TSN 690 headquarters in Montreal. Listen, the captain knows what he's talking about, man. This guy is, he's sharp. And it's a, it's a question of attitude. And Grant, you know what? Every sport has scenarios like this. They're all different, okay? But... To give you an example, when Brendan Gallagher goes into the corner with a defenseman, he knows he's giving up six or seven inches and he's giving up 50 pounds. And more often than not, the desire is there and he comes away with the puck. If it wasn't a question of desire, look at football, look at American football. If it was a question of just who's bigger, how many times do you see a six foot four receiver line up against a 5'10 defensive back? That ball's thrown in there. You're giving up inches, you're giving up size, but the defensive back. Off, more often than not, is there to break it up. And I'll even take, it, I'll take it to another analogy. And, you know, I'm a big believer, and I talk with Brian Wilde all the time. We say, he goes, Grant, what's the difference with, you know, who's going to win or not? And I say, at the end of the day, if everything is equal, the team that's the most talented wins. But not everything is always equal. You've The talented team has got to match the desire and the commitment to doing the right things before their talent has a chance to shine through. And Montreal Impact on set pieces, for all the talent we talk about them going forward, the Piatis, the Drogbas, the Simo in the back, the Bush in the net, the Donadell, the Berniers, all these guys are talented. But if you are not committed and you don't match the work rate and the effort that someone else is giving, like that Colorado team was there to be beaten. Absolutely. They were there to be beaten on Saturday afternoon and Montreal let it get away from them. And those are the points that you put into the bank right now 
because at the end of the year, you're going to be looking for points, looking to scrape by, and you're going to say, I wish I had done the right things earlier on and now. So right now, I think Montreal has the, a, a great talent on the roster. No question. It's just... I don't believe they match the work rate of other teams. And the case in point for me was TFC. Don't tell me that TFC, man for man, is a better side than Montreal Impact talent-wise. Oh, uh, hold on. Hold I don't on, think on. it's better. It's different. It's, I don't it's, think it's no, no, better. No. It's different than Colorado. I think I TFC agree. is the best team in the I East. think TFC is came in and played the best game they're going to do. But they're not... Through the roster, I don't believe they're a better team, man for man, against the Montreal Impact. But that day, they were the best team I've seen in the MLS. Yeah, they, they listen. That day they shut it down. You look at what you know. It's concerning. The only thing is, listen. The only reason, Grant, I think people aren't full out pressing the panic button right now. And I'm not saying you should press the panic button right now, but they end up drawing New York City because if you drop that game to New York City, they did squat going forward in that game. They did nothing on that Wednesday, Grant. And I know, and that- they pulled away. They pulled away a draw. But if they drop that game, you drop the one against TFC. You come back and blow two leads against Colorado. I'm telling you, people aren't as calm. And my question to you is, if things go are, go poorly that way, what did we talk about before the season? I think that this coaching staff is young and extremely talented. But if something goes wrong in the year, I don't know if they have the experience or the experienced guy that's been there, done that, and lets them sort of ride that's out the fair. storm. So right now, they're... they're they played much better Saturday than they have other games. Yes. I thought they were terrible against Toronto. They were lucky to steal a point, and I mean steal a point. It was the sort they of, hey, start the plane. Let's get out yeah. of New York City yes. because we're going to be arrested here. They stole something out of New York City. And then I thought Colorado, they did enough to win, but defensively, those small little details, Joey, are costing them points, and these are important points. The teams, they've got 14 points in nine. They're leading the East. But the team they faced on Saturday, Columbus, eight points in eight games, one win, three points. All of a sudden, they're back in the picture, and they have had a horrendous start to the season. So the East is not—the top guys are not really distancing themselves from the bottom guys. And if Montreal had picked up those points that we just talked about, they would be much more comfortable in the first nine games right. as, as opposed to where they are now. You're listening to The Impact this week on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri and Gret Needham in studio. Uh, talking impact, talking about the last game against Colorado. Look, Grant, I- I'm I'm not concerned. Okay, I'm not concerned yet. The, the reason I'm not concerned is because they've lost a lot of guys in a short amount of time. Okay, the set pieces thing, it's been like five years. That I mean, you, you can be concerned, not concerned, whatever you want at this point. I mean, it just looks like it's never going to be fixed at this point. Okay? But... The only thing, the reason why they're scraping by, and the thing, the reason why the set, the situation with the set pieces is quote unquote better, is because they have somebody like Drogba who can finally cash in on set pieces. Whereas in years past, the first year under Frank Lopez, when the impact finished last, it was they weren't winning on the road, they weren't scoring on set pieces, they couldn't defend set pieces, and it was just a question of, like nothing was going right. Now at least they've got somebody who can kind of combat that, who can who can do it that way, but. Still. What the, yeah, but what they also does, Joey, is other teams, they didn't care if they gave away set pieces, free kicks around the box because Montreal was never punishing them. Right, now, now they Now they have a guy they that can guy punish can. you. So what happens is they cannot take the liberties that they used to do. And, you know, when Drogba goes through there, he sets it up, bang, it's in the back of the net, and uh, McMath had no chance of stopping that one. But now that's what you get. 
That's the fear factor of having a guy that can f- strike the ball and score on direct free kicks like a DJ Drogba can. I don't know. I mean, yeah, they were bigger than us. Uh, they had a lot of uh, big, heavy guys in there. But at the end of the day, just got you got to do what you got to do to stop those set pieces. I think we did well on the other ones. But uh, we just lose our concentration on that one, and it ends up in the back of the net. So it's, it's very frustrating to, to see that coming again. Max Thiessel, a defender who scored a world-class goal on Saturday. You know, I don't know how well... You know, I, I like Max. I just don't know if I agree that they did really well on all the other set pieces because there was a few times Colorado was pretty dangerous. Listen, the last 15 minutes of that game, every time the ball was in Montreal's half and there was a set piece, Gucci would come across and he'd whip a ball into the box, and it was it was dangerous. It was dangerous every single time. I thought Montreal were on their heels way too much. But again, Joey, we're talking about the top team in the East and we're critical of them. And I think that's important to remember that we don't, you don't look at this Montreal Impact team as, hey, this is a team that uh, years past, we're happy that they they get in there battling for a playoff spot. This is a team that we're now thinking that, hey, this is a team that has an opportunity to make a real run at the MLS Cup. So they have to fix these little things because we ex- the expectations are so much greater than years. Right. And I was talking to Mauro Biello after training yesterday, and he kind of echoed that. Just going to try to find a clip here. I think I got it. At the same time, you want us to realize that we're not happy also. And we know that there's room for improvement, and we know that uh, we could continue to get better. And uh, it's a process. But it starts at training. It starts with a mindset. It starts with now focusing on what we could control. Focus on what you can control and defending set pieces to me, Grant, or doing a better job defending set pieces is something you can control to me. Well, we started off, I said X's and O's, Joey. Yep. X's and O's. Defending set pieces are you have starting positions and then it's up to the individual players to go get it, to win the individual battle. Your play, it's, it's just, I'm fighting against you to get to the ball, then I need to take it upon myself to beat you every single time. And that's what the mindset of these guys are. And, uh, you know, they said, oh, we took one set piece off. At this level, you can't, you can't take it's a second end up in the off. Back of the it's net. in the back of the net. There's teams that will punish you. It's not the MLS of 10 years ago when you can make a few mistakes and get away with it because guys weren't punishing you. The quality of this league has increased so much that if you make one little mistake, the guys will punish you. And that's what happened to Montreal on a Saturday. Anything else that concerns you, Grant, going into the weekend? concerns me that uh, Piatti is sort of, in the last three I games, you, he's, been, he's been good but not great, and I expect him to be great. I also think that maybe playing him out on the outside and letting him sit out there That's and looking for it, I, I just we think agree. it's a mistake. I think you have, for me, the best thing to do when you're playing a game is have your best guys touching the ball the most. And playing out on the left, he gets he has to wait for the service. He doesn't come looking for it. If he plays in the middle, he doesn't have to defend as much, and he'll get a lot more touches. And I think when he's in the middle, Montreal is a much more dynamic team going forward. Yeah, we definitely agree on that. Uh, I think Piatti moving to the middle as opposed to the left where he defends less and he can kind of roam wherever he wants. I think that's where they've got to go. I'm with you. I think it's been an up and down year, but you've seen great Nacho. You've seen above average Nacho. I don't think you've seen bad and you, Nacho. And then you've seen invisible Nacho, or well, you haven't seen, seen Nacho. You haven't seen him, but I, I, I don't think he's been. I don't think he's ever been terrible at any point this season. But I think there's times where you know what he can do more, and there's times where he can, he's trying to do way too much. 
Listen, enough about Colorado, Grant. When we come back, we'll talk to Neil Sika, who's the uh, play-by-play voice of the Columbus crew uh, out there, and uh, he's, we're going to preview the game with him. You're listening to The Impact This Week on TSN 690. Welcome back. Impact This Week, TSN 690. Joey Alfieri, Grant Needham, live from 1717. Rene Levesque East. Talking, obviously, like the name of the show says, Montreal Impact Soccer. Uh, Grant, uh, I know this is one of your favorite road trips. You haven't had a chance to do it this year. But Columbus, Ohio, I think last time you left Columbus, Ohio, uh, you had the meat sweats, I think. I think I did have the meat sweats. It uh, definitely gained about three or four pounds in just the two days that I was there. Fantastic city, great little stadium, the first actual soccer-specific stadium in North America. And uh, a brilliant sort of setting for a, a game. I've never had the opportunity, but uh, it's one of the cities I'd definitely like to check out uh, down in the States. It's, it's not really one of those, it's, it's not the sexy city that you always talk right. about, but every time we go to Columbus, we have a fantastic time. It's a great, uh, great matchup between the two teams, and uh, the city is good to us. And uh, let's head uh, straight to Columbus right now. We'll talk to uh, Neil Sika, who's the play by play voice for uh, the Cruise Television broadcast. Neil, what's going on? Gentlemen, good evening. Grant, I owe you a good time. It's you do a- owe me a good time. Oh, you owe me a couple about, of beers. It, it, it took you about, you had the meat sweats because you couldn't find your ISDN line. <laughs> it wasn't connected properly for about 90 minutes. But we're going to make sure that's all square for you. We'll show you a good time. Neil, I think, I think, I think uh, the Rib Fest was, uh, was happening one of the last times Grant went out to Columbus. I think they might have put his picture up because he's not allowed back. Neil, greatest road it, trip ever. It's famous. Most uh, most intake by a Quebec citizen. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Neil? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Good to be with you guys. And rematch uh, number two through the early two months of the season. So looking forward to a good game Saturday. All right, Neil. Eight games, eight points, seven goals for, yeah. ten against. Last year, before the playoffs, you and I sat down before the, the even – kicked off the first minute, and you said, Grant, the difference this year, at the end of the season, Columbus found a way to defend as a team. They've given up mm-hmm. 10 goals in eight games. What's the difference this year from last? Less than a goal a game scoring. I mean, look at look at what they did last year, guys. 58 goals. That's second most in the league. They've got less than a goal a game right now. They've been shut out three times. They've only got one game where they've scored over – more than one goal, and that was the New York City win. You know, the Houston game, they dealt with the red card stuff. Houston played very defensive. They have not played bad soccer. There was the stretch in Montreal. The second half was not good. For most of last week against Seattle, not good. But they have created plenty of chances, and that's the funniest thing to say, because you're not scoring goals. Well, then what are you? I mean, you're not efficient. You're not executing. But they have the opportunities. They've, they've clearly got the players to do that. Kai Kamara's touches are down. His average touches are down. He's less than a shot uh, a game than where he was last year. They need to find him within more of the rhythm and flow of the offense. Same with the midfield. You had defensive midfield changes. There's a whole lot I could nitpick at. But it boils down to scoring seven goals. No one expected this team to be looking like Colorado. And look at what Colorado's doing uh, in the early portion of the season. I think uh, this is a, a huge stretch for Columbus. Three of the next four at home. And you thought they hit the reset button. They got two wins at home. They go up to Seattle. They work awfully hard. 
to come away with nothing in that game. They should have walked out of there with at least a point. They felt they probably could have had points in Portland, in Dallas, but could have, should have, would have. You are what you are at this point. You're 2-4-2. and two. You need to accumulate points, three of the next four at home. And you're looking, you're staring at Montreal. If Toronto picks up some more points, I mean, it's 1-2 in the east, 1-2 in the west. Colorado and Salt Lake, it's time to make hay for this team. And it starts offensively because they've been quite anemic. He's Neil Sika, play-by-play voice for the uh, Columbus Crew TV broadcast. Uh, we will touch base with uh, Montreal Impact play-by-play man Rick Moffat after 7.30. Uh, Neil, I'm looking. I'm at MLSsoccer.com right now. I look at the stats. I know you touch on it a little bit. I'm looking at uh, uh, in order of uh, goals scored for uh, individual players, and I'm looking for Kai Kamara, and I'm scrolling, and I'm scrolling. There he is on the second page. What's going on with Kai Kamara? Yeah. It's the service, uh, Joey. I think, I think it starts there. And he can be left on an island. Kai Kamara is obviously going to be a very close watch guy, just like a Didier Drogba will be. Um, but he's got the versatility, too, to stretch out to the flanks. I think they need to, to move him around more, not deeper into the midfield. Uh, but it also starts, too, with the service he's getting. And Ethan Finley made, made a habit and made an all-star season out of delivering balls into the penalty area there was a little bit of confusion in terms of him tucking in a little bit more and Harrison Offel's role. I think the fullbacks need to be more aggressive early balls. And Montreal, more than any other team last year in the regular season, did one heck of a job, whether they extended the fullbacks or not, to really limit what those early crosses were. If you look at their crossing efficiency, it's bottom five in the league. It was top three last year. Yeah, so but that, no. along, Go ahead. Sorry. Doesn't it really all start and end with one guy in the middle of the field, Higuain? Yeah, yeah. And I I think Federico Higuain has had good games this year. He wasn't at his best last week in Seattle. Um, You need to find him, absolutely. He has to be, Grant, within the role of the offense, the framework, and all the work and running he does outside of, of being a threat offensively. Look at last week. He had four shots. He had not had a shot, a shot in the game. Since mid-March, he went four games without one. And you're saying, well, you're not worried about that because he's creating chances. But he's still in the constructs of a midfield that is the sum of the parts working better as opposed to individually. This team, even without a true number nine two years ago, scored over 50 goals. So it's in the constructs of the offense. And I don't think they've really found that rhythm. Teams have played different. Teams have packed in the penalty area. They've limited their, their crossing um, they don't, they're not a team that's going to really beat you off the dribble, take you through the middle. They've shown a little bit more direct play, but that's, that's another question. You know, what's, what's plan B for this group? But Kamara needs to be more active. Um, you, you need your bell cows to really carry the mail. There's good enough players to do so. And um, Kai scored all of his goals at home, but you know, he's, he's going to be watched. He's, this is an MVP caliber player coming off an outstanding year, and all of his goals were – non-penalty goals, so you're going to keep a close eye on, on how talented and athletic he is uh, to what he can do to defense, because those dynamic runs, they know they can, they took advantage of Montreal in the playoffs at times with, with his movement inside the penalty area, they need to find a way to get back to that. Joey Alfieri, Grant Needham in conversation with uh, crew play-by-play voice Neil Sika. Grant? Neil, I, I just, going back to the Higuain, it's just, we talked to the Montreal guys, and they're like, he goes all over the field, and sometimes he's expending so much energy picking the ball up from his own back that 
Yeah. Bunch of old midfielders don't worry about him, and they just sort of track him until midfield, and then they pick him up. And I think that uh, you know, in the past, that would be a strength. He would go anywhere, but you know, legs getting a little older, things uh, you don't move as well, and all of a sudden. You're not as creative going forward, and he's you know, especially in Montreal. He spent so much time getting the ball from the back forward that he wasn't a danger going forward, and that's a huge advantage if Montreal could just keep him doing that. One hundred percent. And you're you're bringing up something where there's a sidebar here, and that's well, what's your number eight doing to help that out? What's Tony Chani who was dealing with the calf strain, and you had Mo Saeed is an accurate passer, but you give up some size there and. You're still working out. Will Trapp wasn't his best in the early portion of the season. They rely on that midfield more than you'd think, not only defensively and protecting the penalty arc. We saw in the first game against Montreal with Antivero and, and Piatti making those runs, and um, that had to do with a lot of giveaways in their own half. But despite that, you know, when Chani is grooving into the offensive framework, you know, he's allowing Iguain to do things to stay more final third-centric to be able to create in the last 30 yards. Uh, we saw confident Tony Chani last year. We haven't seen Tony Chani at his best. Will Trap. they tried to play him a little bit higher, and then you're getting a little exposed defensively. And I think, for, by and large, the defense, which hemorrhaged goals at times for much of last season, has been okay. I mean, they still had their moments. They've given up set-piece goals. But for Iguain to be effective, he's got to have his midfield mates, too, that, that really come along. And I don't think we have seen, uh, by far, the best that Chani and Trapp can play together, what we've expected, what Columbus fans have expected of them uh, through the first two years of their partnership in the midfield. Neil, thanks for doing this, man. Enjoy the game on uh, Saturday. And, uh, you know, if you want to smack Grant behind the head once or twice for me, uh, I don't mind. <laughs> Grant, you give me a ring, buddy. We'll, I will, we'll definitely. I'm in town Friday night. For a good, good, show, good stuff. Look forward to it. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, guys. Neil Sika, play-by-play voice for the Columbus Crew TV broadcast, and it's good to know, Grant, that uh, Montreal Impact aren't the only team who's really in uh, the MLS East. Well, you know, it's so funny. We're talking about the same sort of things. This guy has to do better, but Montreal's top of the East, and Columbus, from finishing second last year, has dropped out of the playoff race, and they've really only picked it up the last couple. But four games at home, Neil just told us. Four at home, you pick up nine points, and all of a sudden, you're, you're back. You're right back up there, and it's there. So the East is so close, but it's it's good news for Montreal if these guys aren't firing on all cylinders because Columbus in Columbus is a different team than what we saw with the two nothing victory Montreal got early in the season. Marco Polo will have your Sports Center update uh, just a couple moments here. When we come back, we talk to the play by play voice of the Montreal Impact, Mr. Rick Moffat. You're listening to the Impact this week with Joey Alfieri and Grant Needham. On TSN 690. Welcome back. Impact this week, TSN 690. Joey Alfieri and Grant Needham. You can have your say at Joey Alfieri on Twitter, at Grant Needham on Twitter, at Impact This Week on Twitter. Number of ways you can also chime in uh, through the text line here, 11690. Normal text messaging rates apply. Is there anything else they can do? Yeah, they can call in, but they can't call in right now because right now we have a great guest, the play-by-play voice of the Montreal Impact on TSN 690. That's Mr. Rick Moffitt. Rick, what's going on? You ready? Uh, are you all packed for Columbus? Good evening, gentlemen. Yeah, not quite there yet, but uh, that was the burning question that brought out a little bad cop on, uh, from Coach Biello this afternoon at training. He was hollering at his players, are we ready? Are we ready? It happened to be after a uh, a cross from the left side to the right went all the way through the box, and I think it just helped 
uh, Coach Biello emphasized that this team does have to be better uh, backing up its own bus, so to speak. Well, we talked about that, Rick, at the top of the show where – it's just not acceptable on set pieces how fragile Montreal Impact are defensively. It's just it's scary that the ball drops down into the danger zones. No one's attacking it. And I guess this uh, that practice, that session right there, proves the coach's point. Yeah, and so maybe the compete level came out a little too much on the part of some of the defenders. It was Cabrera battling uh, with uh, Didier Drogba, stepped on his foot uh, at the end of training. I had uh, noticed that... Uh, Amboise Ayungo and Lucas Andivero, the little rookie uh, from Argentina, got tangled up uh, just as drills were winding down. And Andivero went down and, and punched the ground and was slow to get up. Thankfully, uh, didn't need more than just uh, the passing attention of athletic therapist Nick No And uh, Drogba should be fine. Uh, I think worst-case scenario, even if they held him out of training tomorrow, he's got uh, Friday to uh hit the pitch again, test things out on that foot, and and then the travel day for the impact. So thankfully no more friendly fire incidents at training. You're listening to The Impact this week on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri, Grant Needham with, uh, in conversation with Rick Moffat. You can hear Rick and Grant live from Columbus this weekend, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kickoff. Uh, Rick, uh, you uh, had the opportunity to see the uh, famous or infamous stomp today uh what exactly did you see from victor cabrera on didier drogba and uh, is there uh, what's the latest when it comes to drogba yeah it was just one of those things as uh as we saw it it happens all the time players uh, collide either uh, in this case uh a foot coming down on drogba and uh, you know uh, coach biello was was teasingly asked afterwards you know does a second year player have to run laps around the pitch for any kind of unwarranted <laughs> contact on on the legend. You know, it's not like a, a, a CFL or NFL practice where a quarterback has a different colored uh, pinny on or jersey on. Uh, it's not like the non-contact. I think that's a million-dollar idea, Rick. <laughs> yeah, maybe borrow the idea from, uh, from hockey practice or from CFL, put a different color on, but... You know what, Drogba continues to train uh, at a level and, and to mix it up with his teammates uh, at a level that he needs to. And uh, and as you know, as he recovers from bronchitis, amazing that uh, he got those three games in eight days in, uh, didn't miss a day of training, and uh, I certainly expect Drogba to rise to the occasion and be there uh, for a battle against the Columbus crew. But uh, you know what, When uh, I don't know how often you see it, Joey, but but it, it, for me, it was a rare uh, display of, of the bad cop and, and Coach Maro Biello being the drill sergeant out there. We think of him as being a player's coach. So, you know what, good to remind the players uh, and spank them verbally a little uh, in training. And I think it also goes to uh, what you guys have talked about uh, tonight as well, is the, the expectation level has risen and, and just kind of muddling through Around 500 isn't good enough, but I'm intrigued by your ideas, guys, about freeing up Piatti. And I just wonder, you know, we've seen Mauro Biello be so adept at some of the X's and O's and, and changing formations for this club heading into particular games because of matchups or even in-game to give opponents a different look. So, guys, why haven't we just come right out and said maybe, just maybe to, to try a different look 
what about Piatti up top in a four four two and and really give a different look and and let uh, Piatti try to be even more creative up top with Drogba. More well, strikers always better for Grant. Listen, Rick, that, that's if you play him in the middle, Rick. Basically, that's what you're doing. You're not asking him to defend a little bit. Uh, I don't know why you guys are all worried about soccer players wearing these special jerseys. That's not how we are. Oh, you're There's kidding, no right? prima donnas in soccer oh, players. Really? But I think that wow. Piatti, uh, he's always going to get double teamed. He's always going to have that. They're always going to shift everyone over. He's going to have always more than one player looking at him. Play him in the middle. Play him in the middle where he can lose players a little bit more. If he plays on the outside, they can but shut they him down. The service doesn't they get out there. moving him from that, that central uh, attacking midfielder role out to the left. He and Ship have kind of traded places. A bunch of times. Yeah, but Rick, they were at their best, and we saw it in Vancouver in uh, you know their first two, three games of the season. Montreal was at their best, and Piatti was playing in the middle. Ship was playing on the outside. They interchanged, but that's where their starting roles were. And I thought that that was a better fit for Montreal. The last four or five games, even though they picked up not a lot of points, has not been as good as their first three or four games. And I think they need to go back to what they what well, it was at the beginning. Thing I did. I did like Grant uh, from the midfield against the Colorado Rapids. Was uh, it seemed to me a different role for Kyle Becker, and and you've talked about it. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the most physical guy in winning some of those battles uh, for possession in the midfield. So I liked the way he got forward, and you know what, with little short bursts of speed to try to hurry Colorado Rapids players, it's not just always going to be Drogba. Uh, getting up and getting forward in the faces of opponents. And I like that kind of delayed pressure that we saw at times from Kyle Becker. Yeah, I just, uh, I, I'll, I'll have to disagree with you there, Rick. I thought that maybe he got into those positions, but his final touch of the ball was poor on Saturday. He was a little bit nervous playing balls that weren't there. If he had better touches, Montreal would have been much more creative and dynamic going forward. But getting the positions, possibly. But I also think that you're gonna your best bet is when you have Bernier, Donadell, and Piatti. I think that's the triangle in the middle of the park that's going to be the most successful for Montreal. I mean, that the thing is, Grant, at the same time, those are legs that you didn't necessarily have, right? Like, those are those are things that you didn't have. You didn't have the luxury. Donadell missed a good chunk of time. Bernier made his debut last week. I'm not so, talking. I'm talking moving forward. It gives know, but, you your best right, chance of winning. But the thing is, I think that's where the problem is, is that, you know, those guys are a certain age. Hey, we talked to Adam Braz before the season, and he was proud of the fact that this team, he believes, has built a team with the most depth he's ever had. Well, this is the uh, right now, this is where you. they have, if it's being tested right now. This is where these guys have got to step up and prove. I think that Vondra Lefebvre is a fantastic center back. So now you've got three really great center backs: Simon Cabrera, Lefebvre. Those guys are interchangeable. Obviously, you want Simon on the field as much as possible. I think that Tiso has done, you know, a good job. I don't know if he's been the best defensive guy. He's been good going forward. He gets a, the attack a little bit. I'm not sure when Donny Toya comes back that he's not going to be behind Donny Toya, but. There's other guys that have given opportunities that have not stepped up, and this is where you look, and you want to know what you have on a team. With eight games, nine games in, you know that the guys that are off the bench, there's a reason why they're not in your starting 11. So, I mean, it'll be interesting, Rick. I mean, are you concerned, Rick, at this point? After a week like this, are you worried? Well, I think you have to be. I mean, yeah, it's great. You put a couple of points in the bank, and you look at the standings, and you see that uh, the impact are there on top. And, uh, you know, watching the uh, LA Galaxy game on the weekend, 
You know, they were talking about how teams over the red line and in potential playoff positions, even this early in the season, that there's less movement up and down the ranks than we would expect and that the Montreal Impact uh, are one of the few teams over the last few seasons who have have been able to move up uh, after uh, even early to mid-May and climb into a playoff position. And so right now, look, it's better to be looking down on the rest of the conference, but I still think there are quality teams that that will be moving up, and and I think you have to believe uh, that uh, Columbus is one of those clubs. So uh, this is a statement game, and uh, you know what? They found early successes on the road. Uh, They better keep it up. Well, how scary is this, Rick? If we look at the West, the sixth-place team has 14 points. That's the six. There's yeah, yeah. there's five teams ahead of them. They've got Colorado, Real Salt Lake, FC Dallas, Galaxy, San Jose. Then it's Sporting Kansas City at 14 points. You look at the East. Montreal leads the East with 14 points. That West, uh, you know, and then you've got Columbus who just picked up a win. They've got eight points. Another win, and all of a sudden but they those, jump into second, third thing, place. Right? The Eastern Conference powers from a year ago, Columbus, are New all York, in, are all behind all the play. Yeah, underneath reeling. that red line for the playoffs. So you look at this. This is a huge game for both teams. This is a game where Montreal can really put a stranglehold on the first place and solidify their, you know, their standing at the top of the East. But... You look at the West, uh, there's so many powerhouses that the East has got to get going here a little bit. Well, to me, it, it stems the optimism for the impact to be better than uh, just a game over 500 through the rest of the season. To me, the biggest upside will continue to be the fact that Didier Drogba and Nacho Piatti haven't found uh, the chemistry yet. And, and I talked to Coach Biello about that today, and he reminded look, you know, DJ Drogba has, you know, every player goes through an adaptation. I don't care how skilled you are, you go through an adaptation in MLS. And you can argue, hey, guys like uh, Javinko have proven you don't need that. Drogba, the way he scored goals, uh, doesn't necessarily need that. But Piatti and Drogba can and must be better together. And to me, that's the biggest upside for this club. You can have depth on the back line. You can have depth in the midfield. Uh, but I don't think out of those groups uh, there's any one player who's going to step up and really show us dramatically more than what we've seen. I do believe, however, that Nacho Piatti can bring dramatically more once he finds a way to, to shake free of the, those double teams you talk about. If Nacho's being double teamed and Drugba's being double teamed, my goodness, there's got to be a lot of open spaces somewhere. Somebody's open if two guys are getting double teamed. Thanks for doing this, Rick. Thank you, boys. Rick Moffitt, play-by-play voice of the Montreal Impact right here on TSN 690. And uh, Rick talking about uh, verbal spankings. Have you ever been uh, verbally spanked by a head coach, Grant? Like really, like the one that really stands out even years later? There's a few times that I've been called out, uh, called out a couple of times by the uh, the by coaches. Uh, eating a hot dog on the bench was not my finest moment. Wow, Mark Sanchez style. I like it. The Sanchez, Grant Needham. You're listening to The Impact this week on TSN 690. We'll check your calls. We'll, t- we'll, we'll take your calls. We'll check the text message board. Uh, is actually lighting up right now. Grant, we've got somebody who wants to take a crack at you. Is calling you out for something you said, Grant. We'll get to that in the next, uh, <laughs> right in, uh, right after this break. you got to bite your tongue, though, Grant. We've got to take a break. All right? All right.
I'm good. You're listening to the Impact This Week on TSN 690. Welcome back. Impact This Week on TSN 690. Joey Alfieri, Grant Needham in studio. Marco Polo on the board. We're uh, just wrapping up the show here. Connor McKenna from uh, live from Playground Playground Poker is actually coming up next at 8. So you don't want to miss that. But uh, before, uh, just a few minutes ago, I said that I'd be getting to somebody who's uh, calling out Grant's opinion. Uh, great text. We've got many texts that so we're going to get to. Uh, many texts, many tweets that we're going to get to uh, over the course of uh, this last seven minutes. But I'm going to start with this one. A very, very good text from uh, Joe and St. Leonard. Good evening, Grant. Good evening. Starts polite. Well, he knows not to go to you because... Well, I, I'm not the one who he well, disagrees with, He knows not with, to go right? with you because he knows that he's talking to the right person when he addresses well, this show to me. Yeah, well, we'll see what the next sentence of this text says. Good evening, Grant. Now do you see why we need the last DP spot on a midfielder? When Drogba leaves next year, we'll worry about the striker's position. If you want to contend for two titles, both league and cup, you need a solid rotation and solid depth in the midfield. Joe from St. Leonard. Joe from St. Leonard, if you had the opportunity to text, why didn't you pick up the phone and call so we can talk about this a little bit? But Joe, I didn't say that you need a striker. I said you needed another attacking midfielder. I think that you spend designated player money on guys that can win you games, not guys that are sitting in the back and holding as holding midfielders. We have guys that can do that role. I think another explosive, dynamic guy going forward with DP ability would open up, that means you'd have a three-pronged attack, Piatti, Drogba, and the other DP. I think that that's the solution that you need to go with. Midfield, yes. Holding midfielder, I don't spend money on that. So, Joe, if you're out there, I'm sure you're listening, Joe, because you're texting. Anybody else that wants to have a go at Grant Needham, 514-790-169. We've got a few minutes left. So uh, if anybody wants to take a shot at Grant or if I mean, somebody out there is confused. Or agree with me. If somebody out there is confused and wants to agree with Grant, we can do that. Joey, you don't yes. spend money on guys that are just going to be... I like, agree with uh, this, Grant. I just don't just like be saying guys. I agree yeah, with you. you know I don't want to admit I think it. that you spend money on guys that make a difference, and the difference maker for me are guys that can win you games yes. by themselves. A Piatti can do that. A Drogba can do that. I even say, you know, you get another player in there, and all of a sudden, a good or maybe great attacking becomes the best attacking you know, force in the N- MLS. And, and Simon Salikas asked me about this today, and I said, yes, you do need another holding central midfielder. But with the formation you play, you play that 4-2-3-1. I'm comfortable if you get me an MLS, a, a young MLS veteran. An athletic go, yes, guy that wins battles in. in the middle of I the park. I don't need a DP. And I said, people have been asking me about Francesco Totti. Yes, he's 39. I understand. How old is Drogba? I think Totti is smart enough. He has enough in his legs that he'll still contribute at the MLS level. I wouldn't mind seeing him in MLS. People have been asking me about Fernando Torres, the, the Spanish striker. Absolutely. Sign me up, Grant. Sign me up. I don't mind. Joey, this these, is, are these are guys that playing at the Champions League finals. Th- but of that's course you're going to get of guys like that. Of course you want that. these guys. That's what but, I'm saying. Yeah. But these, are, these are the type of DPs I want. I want Drogba's. I want Piatti's. That's and what you, I'm saying. And, and you know what? And there's guys out there attacking midfield. They're maybe not of the of the you know the names that we're throwing out there, but something that not as well known, but still an unbelievable talent, the quality, sort of a, a B not a, not an A lister, more like a B lister that comes in that would help Montreal be that. Get us to the next level. Become that MLS, you know, that 
the team that everyone faces and fears to face. But right now, Montreal, the teams realize you shut down Piatti, you shut down Drogba, and all of a sudden, it's uh, Montreal's not finding ways to score goals. On Twitter, uh, Raging Nuts uh, says he's not concerned about uh, the last week uh, from the Montreal Impact. He says this team has too much character and experience. They'll figure it out. Teams have adjusted, and now they must respond. Uh, getting to Andy underscore Gags on Twitter. Would the, he asks, Grant, would the Impact's record be different with a healthy Romero, Antivero, and Porter? And I say yes. I think, I, you know, not just those guys. Obviously, Romero last year was a, a big hit for Montreal going down with a knee injury in Colorado. But Porter coming down with a knee injury when he blew it in uh, New England. But I just think that... If Montreal had a healthy squad, you'd be looking at a team that picked up two, three, maybe four more points, and they would be really comfortable at the top of the East with a full squad. Special thanks to uh, play-by-play voice of the Columbus crew, Neil Sika, who uh, took some time to join us. Our very own Rick Moffitt, obviously, uh, was uh, came on with us just a few minutes ago. And as if he doesn't talk to me often enough in the week, Grant, as if he doesn't see you often enough <laughs> at the pitch, <laughs> he, came, he comes on. and uh, Comes he offers, on, he begs to come on. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think we've got to, uh, we don't have to convince him too hard, but I think uh, Rick does a fantastic job when he comes on. The next time that... Listeners can hear you and Rick together. We'll obviously be Saturday live from Columbus. Pre-game at 6.30. Kickoff at 7 for uh, Montreal Impact at Columbus Crew. TSN 690 will be there live. Grant, it was always, it's been fun. It always is fun. Coming up next, Playground Poker with Connor McKenna. You don't want to miss that. This has been the Impact This Week on TSN 690. We are out.